Hey, Tree Church, thanks for being with us. And even if you're not a part of our church, we really appreciate you listening to these Bible studies. I hope you're getting a lot out of them. I hope God is doing something in your heart and your mind as you get to know him better. As we go through the word of God, piece by piece, verse by verse, it can be taxing, um, tiring even, but I think it's so um, important to hide these words in your heart, as David would say, um, in the old testament so we are in the book of deuteronomy still and moses here um, as i've spoke about before deuteronomy uh, chapter 3 verse 12 through 20 and in chapter 3 moses is still retelling some history Uh, these next eight verses eight or nine verses moses is actually retelling something something historical that actually happened in in numbers chapter 31 and 32 Um, so if you happen to ever go through the Bible in order, gone through the old Testament in order, you probably read what happened in numbers. And then you read this chapter, the first four or five chapters of Deuteronomy, where Moses is retelling things that happen, um, in Exodus and numbers, um, actually the whole Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, numbers, Deuteronomy is, um, this awesome book that Moses uses to retell history, but also uses to teach theology and what we should think think about God, what we should believe about God. Um, so I'm excited for this. Um, there's a lot of names, um, words you may not understand at first, but I promise you they all have a significance. Um, they all have reason to be here and there's something good in this chunk of scripture. There's something that's teachable and, and, and usable and useful. If, if we're believing what it says in Timothy, Um, all scripture is inspired and all scripture is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting all these things. It has some sort of use. Um, so I'm going to go through here. And like I said, there's a lot of names, a lot of, um, references to a few of the tribes of Israel. There's 12 tribes of Israel. And we'll say a few of their names here, um, like Gad, like Reuben. Um, so let's get into it. Deuteronomy chapter three, verse 12 through 20. When we took possession in this land, again, this is Moses talking. When we took possession in this land at that time, I gave to the Reubenites and the Gadites the territory beginning at Eror, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon and half the hill country of Gilead with its cities. The rest of Gilead and all of Bashan, the kingdom of Og, that is, all the region of Argob, I gave to the half-tribe of Manasseh. All that portion of Bashan is called the land of Rephaim. Jair the Manasite took all the region of Argob, that is, Bashan, as far as the border of the Geshurites and the Micathites, and called the villages after his own name, Havoth Jair, as it is to this day. To Mashir I gave Gilead, and to the Reubenites and the Gedites, I gave the territory from Gilead as far as the valley of the Arnon, with the middle of the valley as a border, as far over as the river Jabbok, the border of the Ammonites. The Arabah also, with the Jordan as the border, from Chinnereth as far as the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, under the slopes of Pisgah on the east. And I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess. All your men of valor shall cross over armed before your brothers, the people of Israel. 
Only your wives, your little ones, and your livestock, I know that you have much livestock, shall remain in the cities I have given you, until the Lord gives rest to your brothers, as to you, and they also occupy the land that the Lord your God gives them beyond the Jordan. Then each of you may return to his possession, which I have given you. So a little bit of geography here um, before we get into the meaning of this text. We're talking about land east of the Jordan here, the Jordan River um, in the uh, Israel-Palestine area, the Middle East there. And all this land east of the Jordan were given to these tribes. Uh, actually, if you see in, you'll see in Numbers, they asked for this land, so Moses gives it to them. And it's part, a portion of the promised land from God. Um, but Moses gives a command here to these tribes. These tribes that have received this land on the east of the Jordan, obviously a blessing, obviously a blessing from God, a promise that they had been given. I even spoke about the promise last time um, when I was in Deuteronomy chapter 2. God had given them a promise that he had been, you know, you know promised many, many, many years before at the beginning of that 40-year wandering in the desert of the Israelites. All this land has been given to them on the east of the Jordan. And what's God's command here? What is Moses telling these people? Well, it's a super simple message, something we often miss, um, something we often um, discount or even take for granted as a Christian and as a Christ follower. What Moses is saying is, I've given you this land that, that I promised you. I was generous. God was generous. And my command to you is this to go from the east to the west side of the Jordan, to cross the Jordan, send your best soldiers, men of valor, it says in the ESV, the English Standard Version, send your men of valor across the Jordan to help the rest of the people of Israel and do not rest until they receive that help. I'll say it again in 20, I'll, I'll quote it, until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as to you, and they also occupy that land that the Lord your God gives them beyond the Jordan. So not to rest. Now, you've been given this promise. You've been given something, a blessing from God. And you think, this is the destination. This is it. I've received it. I received the thing that God promised me. But it doesn't stop there. God's command to us, even when we receive the miracle, even when we receive the promise, the thing that he wanted us to have. And again, this analogy, this illustration, this allegorical way of telling this message, it's not a material possession. Sometimes it could be. Sometimes it is a thing you were really praying and hoping for, but most of the time it's not. But when God gives you that promise, when God gives you that thing, it's not time to stop. But in fact, send your best effort, send your best energy out into the world, outside of your comfort zone even. Notice that they have to cross the River Jordan um, to get to the place where they are needed, to, the help is needed. Moses says, leave your women behind, leave your children behind. And this time, um, women and children and livestock even, they were left behind um, because they weren't the warriors. They weren't the soldiers in this culture that um, was needed in battle and in war. Uh, God promises them this, that if you help your brothers find rest and find promise, you then will experience rest and promise. 
What a beautiful promise that is. It's a layer of promises. It's a layer of blessings that even when you receive the blessing that God has for you, if you go out then in return and reciprocate that blessing, God will give you rest. In America and in Western Christianity as a whole, we've really missed this. We've really um, discounted this idea. In fact, the idea Beginning in about the 20th century, the idea and then uh, of independence, obviously sped up by the 21st century with smartphone culture, with social media, um, with expediency and, and convenience, the rise of these things. Independence has become highly valued, if not one of the highest values of Western Christianity, of American Christianity, of the American culture at large. That independence has become something that's valued and sought after, um, that people want it so bad. And it's seeped and it's been steeped into culture in the church. This is something that often Christians will think is in the Bible, but is nowhere to be found. That we think it's a good thing because the world has told us it's good to have independence. So if it's a good thing to the world and to culture, then it must be of God, that God must call it good. But let me tell you, this story would tell us this, that in fact, it is not good. God doesn't call it good to just rest in the promise and your personal promise. You see, what God's telling us here is that independence is not a value of his. Um, that, that picking yourself up by your bootstrap isn't a promise or a blessing of his. It's not a value of his. In fact, it's quite the opposite. God created us as people to help each other. God created us as people to be a community with one another. I heard a story recently in, um, uh, I was reading a book about the Bible and scripture and uh, they were discussing the idea of community and being with each other and with people. And this idea, even in, in the eastern side of the world, this has not left them. Even in Indonesia, this person tells a story how he was a missionary in Indonesia, and it was his first or second week there, and he was a little startled by what he came to find. But he came out of the bathroom in his own house and found a bunch of strangers in his living room. And he was baffled, like, what is happening? Like, why are you in my house? In America, you know, you're listening to this, you're most likely American. Um, if you found strangers in your living room, who knows what would happen, right? Uh, and in the eastern side of the world, and very much so the biblical culture, and, and the even the world that Jesus lived in, this is the normal. That actually the living room or that space um, inside their home there would be a communal space. So people didn't knock, people didn't, you know, text, hey, can I come over? Um, it's a very communal thing. It's uh, people are celebrated uh, by being with one another, um, that there's celebration. Uh, you think back to the 60s and 70s in America where, you know, mom and dad or grandma and grandpa always had something prepared, a dessert or snack or meal prepared in case there was company, right? It's that idea. Now, am I advocating for you? to leave your doors unlocked and allow just anybody to walk in? Absolutely not. Uh, I use that illustration to say this, that I think as Christians in America, we've gotten a little too comfortable with independence 
and a little too uncomfortable with community. That I think our independence is actually the pendulum has swung all, all the way over to isolation even. Even when we find comfort, even when we find um, the thing that we think God has given us or promised us, we begin to isolate and we begin to become independent because I'm all set. I'm all good. That I don't need anything else. I, I've seen it before. I've seen people even enter romantic relationships that they become very comfortable in. And all of a sudden, they don't need community. They don't need friendships. They don't need pastors. They don't need submission or leadership or, or the church because they've become comfortable in what God has given them or what they've been blessed by. God's commanding us here, and he's so clear with it. You won't find rest. You won't find the ultimate blessing until you cross that river Jordan. You go out. You stop the comfort. You get out of your comfort zone, and you help someone else. These tribes, they were commanded to go help the Israelites of other tribes, the people of other tribes. Think about that for a second. What would it look like for you to go outside of your cultural boundaries, outside of your comfort zone, outside of your race and ethnicity and social status? What would it look like for you now that even if God's doing something great in your life, and maybe he's not, maybe maybe you haven't received the promise that, that you think that he has for you, what would it look like for you even then, even if you are suffering, even if you are waiting on God, what would it look like for you to go out, to cross that river, and help someone? To help find someone else find rest, and to help someone else find their promise. I think God created us for that. He created us to battle with one another. He created us to fight alongside one another. He was never meant, the world was never meant, you were never meant to do things alone. We love you. We thank you so much for learning and, and being here with us in these Bible studies. I hope wherever you are today that you are blessed and that God does something new and special in your life today and throughout your week. We love you. See you.